going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Black and Save. I'm one of your hosts, Kai Green, and... I'm Dr. Keisha. Listen, you all know how we like to start this podcast off. I am so excited to ask this question because my co-host just, I mean, Black History Month, like the hair, the, the, the earrings, the shirt, the glasses, like Dr. Keisha, how are you doing? Well, you know, um, it's a very black day. Say it loud. It's a very black day today. Black and proud. Okay. Very black day today. Um, I am doing well. I am, you know, life. Life. But today I am basking in the achievement and the pronouncement mm-hmm. and the announcement of <laughs> um, the next Supreme Court nominee, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a sister um, yeah. that goes by the name of Judge Ketanji brown jackson now if there was ever a doubt (laughs) about what she is let me just go ahead and tell y'all that she black (laughs) Uh, i wonder (laughs) like that name alone judge brown Jackson? Ketanji Brown Jackson. And I hope that I am pronouncing it the way your mama wants me to pronounce it. Um, I have received some some information that she may be of Jamaican um, heritage. Okay. heritage. Um, and, you know, it's a good day. It's a lot going on. I don't even know how to answer your question, to be honest with you. Right. 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 But I'm in this moment, I'm choosing to bask in the light that she is shining, mm-hmm. right, um, of Blackness um, on this 25th day of Black History Month in the year of our Lord, 2022. I just... In the year of our Lord? <laughs> I just, you know, had to go with the Black liberation colors for the earring, yeah. you know, what is a black woman without a red lip? Um, I went ahead and tried to get my curls, you know, but then I had, I wet my hair and sisters, you know what happened when the hair is wet. And I said, I'm gonna wear my she black shirt today. And in the midst of, I feel like I've had a lot of confusing emotions this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, what do we, what is this, what is this life that we're living? What is this world that we're living in? But in this moment, I am choosing to bask in the black excellence of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. Um, and that's, that's where I'm at. Absolutely. I mean, that's, look, it's a, it, 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 no matter who you are, listen, I mean, it's a good place to be in. I, I, I know people. Basking in blackness? Like, like if people, if people, if people took more time to bask in blackness, well, the world would be a better place. It would be a better place. It would. We are a loving group of people. We like to have fun. Everybody want. Everybody want our music. Everybody want our church experience. Everybody want you. Just come but they, on. But sometimes they just don't want us. But well. Yeah. Also, I just want to shout out that she 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 is a dreadlocked sister. Oh, 
Um, so, you know, for years, people have been saying that that is not professional, even natural here, right? Like people have been saying like, it's not professional. There's this whole crown act. There are all these laws that yeah. I have being having to put, put in place um, across the nation, state by state to ban discrimination based on your hair. So for years, people have been saying it's not professional. It's not that, but look, so this is a, <laughs> oh, listen, she got her lots and her melanin and and I just listen it's it's giving me it's giving joy it's giving black all, joy it's giving black the, girl magic all of the joy maybe yeah you know what I probably because uh, they just announced it today you know what I, I need to go outside and just start singing uh the black uh, <laughs> we gotta bring the black <laughs> national anthem <laughs> Last year we tried this and y'all did not take us up on this. Can y'all just stand somewhere in public and sing just, the song? Just I, randomly. Just stand there and sing absolutely. it and it to us. We would love that. Both fists in the air. And I mean, you better belt it. Belt it out. Let 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 your voice reverberate, reverberate off the buildings. Just woo 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 woo. Yeah. yeah. Every, all of it. I want all of it. Yeah. So put it on the Instagram. Yeah. We want to see you guys. Um, again, congratulations. Congratulations. This is an awesome time happening during Black History Month. As my friend said, in the year of 2022, our Lord and Savior. Yeah. So congratulations, Judge. Congratulations. I, and already, I know it's already conservative slash Republican slash mm, white people already upset that this is happening, that this person's being nominated. But guess what? Tough cookie. She's qualified has a wonderful track record, and I hope that we all can get behind her. I really do. Yeah, she's qualified and appointed. You know, a lot of times church folk like to do that whole, you know, God doesn't always call the qualified. Ooh. He qualifies the call. <laughs> and I get that it's a way to make folks feel better about some insecurities that they may have about being able to do their job, but you kind of poo-pooing the people who went ahead and got their qualifications. I'll just say it. Is it just me? But anyway, um, at such a time as this, and of course things are going to come out and people are going to be like, well, is she really Black? Is she really for Black people? Is she really going to put, like, like all these things? But I just choose in this moment to be like, at such a time as this, um, she has been appointed and is giving what I need for the week, the weeks that I've been having um, and that we've been having, for you know, sure. as a people, you know? Sure. But how are you doing, friend? I mean, I gotta tell you, like, personally, personally, like, deeply, personally, selfishly, personally, ugh, I'm really, really good. Like, I, school's going pretty good. Uh, having a better time with my classes right now, which is great. Um, marriage is great. Um, all of that stuff, like, it's just, I'm I'm good. I look out at our world though. I'm like, you're like, this world is crazy. But I'm so yeah. glad, you know, like there's like you said, the, the question is like, what do you want to how do you want to frame your day? You know, what do you want to focus on and how do you want to allow that uh, to impact your day? And so I'm I'm with you. I the there's just been, you know, this has been a win. Uh I've enjoyed watching people uh comment on the whole Fresh Prince of Bel Air. A reboot. I've seen some interesting conversations around that. Uh, I'm still vibing from the Super Bowl uh, halftime show that we got to witness. Uh, come on, Mary J. Blige. Okay, I'm let's let's talk about some things. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I just I want to say that um, 
I love that you do it like personally, like you're doing so well. Like it's it's great because so many times I'm a part of conversations or you're a part of conversations where people aren't personally doing that well. What? And like you try to be supportive and whatnot. And like I, I know I said a couple of weeks ago and I told you, like, I'm in a place of uncertainty and I don't like that place and I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so it's that's not easy when it's just like chaos outside. But back to that framing, you know, I said to somebody, a lot of like the difficulties that I'm having and I'm trying to figure out is because of how much I have to be grateful for. It's because of the position that I'm in. It's because of, you know, things that have come my way that now it's like, it's difficult, but it's not because I'm hard up. You know what I mean? Like, so the, the frame of it is that it's kind of like we sometimes say first world problems, right? There are third world problems, <laughs> right? Where there's no water, there's right. no electricity. Right. Speaking of which, anyway, I'm not going to do that. Right. <laughs> Save on time. But those, so first world problems, it's like, oh my gosh, what, what, you know, what decision and what's the next step I'm going to make um, in terms of like my phone or, Right. A job. You have a job. You have a job. So you have a decision to make. It's not like I need a job. You know what I mean? So I think the framing is really important. And I think we really have to look for those bright spots. Those bright spots are there. Sometimes it's very obvious to us, but when we're not in such a great place, it's hard. But I think a bright spot most certainly was the Super Bowl halftime performance. Now, I did not watch not one second of the Super Bowl. (laughs) <laughs> Say. <laughs> <laughs> you just start looking at me like like you was judging me like <laughs> listen who i barely be knowing what's going on my attention span is entirely too short to watch a, a, a complete sports event yeah yeah no. right um you didn't miss anything friend like it was not but the next day i was like youtube halftime Boom. Show performance. And I watched it. And Mary was out there doing her thing. And that woman is like, Mary is 50, I believe she just turned. Yeah. Yeah. She's like 50, 51. And she was out there representing for us with the thick thighs, you know, thick thighs, same thighs. I'm not quite sure why she collapsed on the ground like that. I, I I have read in some places that that is how she ends her shows. Oh, but it okay. Was, it was kind of it's like oh okay, Mary, just leave that leaving it all out there. Um, I did not realize that Eminem was kneeling. I thought he was catching his breath or holding his head. Like I didn't quite know what was going on until after. Right. Yeah. Um. But you know, good for you. You got good knees. Okay. Um. I mean, like, that was it. I, the same way. Like, it came out after, like, they were like, oh, Eminem was kneeling. I was like, ah, well, let, okay, great, whatever. I mean, at this point, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to. Mm. But, it, but I believe that they were, he was told not to do it. He did it anyway. It's like, how you going to tell Eminem not to do something? Mm. You know, Marshall Mathers is definitely going to do the things you said. Don't right. do Like, you don't, like, why would you do that? So, um, but it was good. It was Snoop was a vibe. Good. Yes. Um, who knew Dr. Drake could play the piano? I, that was like, the thing, right? Do, 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 do. He, oh, everybody was, was like, there was a collective. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, so I thought that was pretty awesome too. I was like, okay, what well, just was you know, it, it like it brought back some memories. 
you know, back when I was less saved. Aha! Hey, I was still in there, but a little, okay. a little less saved. But it, it brought back those memories. Uh, people gave Fifty Cent a hard time. I was like, because yeah. he was hanging upside down, and he's like a little bit thicker, aren't we all? I mean, that blood was rushing to his head. He is better than. But me. I heard, I read somewhere that he actually was not upside down. That it was just the camera angle. No, no, that brother in the video, no. But I mean, like he hung upside down for that. I'm gonna tell you right now, I lose my breath when I try to t put my shoes on or time up. So kudos, brother, you hang upside down and got that verse out. God bless you. All the dancers, I was just like in amazement of all the dancers and all the formations and the steppers and all of that. And um, Kendrick Lamar was out there and he was really like performing. And so there's, there's been some conversations around the fact that rappers don't really move and move. perform. Right. Right. And so he actually was doing some of the choreography and stuff like that. So that's really interesting because as a rapper, you're supposed to be like really stoic and hard and all these things. So, you know, they just don't. No, no. And, and, and Kendrick, salute, my friend, for bringing the energy and and just being live and being in the moment. So I'm again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like his energy was was great. I'm going to be honest. At first, I was like, why are they putting him like, why is he a part of this? And, oh. But I know, but I'm I'm really grateful he was there now. Well, well like, why were you questioning it? It just not to say that like not to take anything away from him as a rapper, but just when because I because he's of, newer, he's like more newer. Right when I thought of that yeah. collection of people, he's I just was like, uh. well, I, yeah, I think I think the common theme was that possibly the songs that were performed or the people that were performing, Dr. Trey was instrumental in them going plat mm. platinum or something like that. And I think he has a direct connection to Dr. Trey in terms of growing up as a young boy in California. Gotcha. Um, um, possibly from the same neighborhood. Mm. Okay. And he, I think even the neighborhood where the, um, the stadium is located, okay. there was some um, comedy about all the white people that were gonna, because I believe the stadium is like in the hood or something. <laughs> And so there was just a lot of comedy around, you know, what you do and what you don't do when you come over here. Don't come over here wearing reds and blues. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Get yourself together, people. Um, you know, um, we don't want to, you know, don't ask people what set they rap or nothing <laughs> like that. Like, it's just, so I think that's why he was there, just sort of like from that perspective. But so you've been watching The, the Fresh Prince. So I personally, like, I've not watched an episode yet, but I've been like, I'm from, I've seen like the little clips, trailers, but I've just been listening to other people talk about it, like some settings I've been in and people have been talking about it. And I've really just appreciated the difference of opinion. Like it's people right. that hate it and it's people that right. really, really love it. And it's just interesting to hear them kind of like talk about the two things. And it really, Dr. Keisha, like it puts me in a space of one of the things that I've been watching. I feel like I've been watching with black culture is while we've had the last couple of years, we keep having these big racial incidents, right? That keep happening. The other dynamic within the black culture that's so interesting to me is to watch the emergence of class within the black race itself and to see that dichotomy of, of what that looks like. And- um, Well, it's not so much the emergence, right? Cause it's always been there, but it's so much, it's, it's you, it's becoming an adult and understanding the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, and, and when you, it makes you take a look at the way you grew up and the way that you interact with people. And then you realize, oh, there's a there's a difference, especially if your parents did a really good job yeah. of not making you feel 
making it apparent that you were different than anybody else if you were. You know I what can, I mean? No, I, I love the way you phrase that. And so, and to me, I think what I have seen and what I'm experiencing, like this show really is, I think, I think this show is, it looks to be touching on a nerve there. And as I listen to other people talk about it, I'm like, mm, I think your eyes are starting to open to some other challenges that we have within our, our own pocket of people. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I said, I, and I said, I wasn't going to watch the show, but after like these different dialogues, I'm like, I'm definitely going to watch it. And, uh, and, and I'm not. I think it's just going to be good fodder. A good, I'm good not going to watch it. Thought. You're not? First of all, I don't have that channel and I'm not paying no more money for another thing. What are your friends? It, we, it, everybody shares passwords. Like, I'm not, but I'm not that invested to go through that. Oh, Dr. Keisha. Right. Like, so like I have Netflix and I share that with a friend and she has Hulu and she shares that with me. And then I have another friend who shares her husband's HBO password with me so I can watch Insecure. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, it's too much work. Okay, then sometimes the password changes. And then like last year, I wasn't sure if the password had changed. I was like, hey, just in case your husband see a sign on, it's me. Like, I just, mm, you know, I'm not that invested in it, but I have been watching Abbott Elementary on NBC. Okay. I've heard about and it. And another show that I started watching, I is it called Grand Street? Grand Something Street. Grand. Hmm. I don't know. The Grand Crew, maybe? I think it might be the Grand Crew. It's a bunch of Black friends. Okay. The last episode was just really good. I, I like I like when people can articulate both black pain and black joy in a smart way and in mm -hmm. not a way that um, it's not like trauma porn, right? Where sorry, I should I should not laugh at that, but yes, what? I get it. <laughs> trauma porn, like I laughed at the phrase. It's a yeah, a I know. Yeah, I I'm know. a little bit extra about these things. Um, but there was a whole dialogue on Twitter. Twitter is an interesting place. I've been spending more time there lately. Um, if you go down this Twitter road, I don't know if we're going to get to our stories. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to keep the episodes concise. We're gonna get... But go... so Michael Harriet, you need to follow him if you don't follow him. Because you know I've been trying to find Black Twitter and I feel like I might have. What? Dr. Keisha? You know, I, at least... I'm in the doorway of Black Twitter. Come on, friend. Okay, so these are the people that you follow if you look, because we've been looking for Black Twitter. We have. We have. I found Black TikTok. Yeah, I found Black TikTok. I found trauma TikTok. <laughs> I found dating TikTok. I found church cult TikTok. Yes. Listen, y'all. Anyway. I'm at least in the doorway of Black Twitter and I'm seeing a lot of things, right? So I'm following, and I think a couple of friends, um, shout out to my friend, Camila, the focus spender. She was the one who told me certain people. So you follow Lovey, Lovey Ajay, Ajay, can't remember, but it's Lovey. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Harriet, okay. um, Mark Lamont Hill. Um, and who else do I get Black content from? Tressie McMillan Cotton. Now she's also, she's interesting because she's on part of Black Twitter, but she's a sociologist. So I get bits of her on academic Twitter. So I'm also on academic Twitter and it's a whole lot of mess going on in, in academia. Let me tell dun, you. Dun, dun. <laughs> um, and then I'm also on Trini Twitter, which I think that's self-explanatory. Gotcha. <laughs> so Michael Harriet, 
uh, was just writing about slave movies, black stories that he likes to tell, which are what he likes to watch, right? So you have a lot of like what I call trauma porn, right? Which is like the slave movies or those movies of black experiences that are told by white writers and directors. Mm-hmm. Um, like Django, which I didn't watch, but I guess maybe y'all will be able to tell me, versus the ones that have are told by black writers and directors. So, you know, there's like people I think love a good story where it's like it's triumph, like, like, and then you have stories like like the blind side where there's like the white savior is very apparent mm-hmm. and all these kinds of things. Um, so that's what I mean by that. But I've gone down a road. Bring me back. <laughs> I'm well, coming back. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. Even even in talking about things like, like we were uh, just just kind of talking about some of these shows that we've been watching, Abbott, uh, you found Black Twitter. You found the doorway to Black Twitter. So again, quick reach back. If you all know the way, tell us more people to follow because I want to be engrossed by Black Twitter. I, I feel again. I'm Black telling you, if you follow, if you follow Lovey and Michael Harriet, in the yeah. very least, you'll get a lot. And Mark Lamont Hill as well. There was a picture that um, Mark Lamont Hill reposted, and then Tressie posted it too. Where yeah. it was like a picture of like all these rappers, including MC Hammer. And this person was like, "Oh, MC Hammer looks so out of place in this picture." And the whole, all of Black Twitter is <laughs> coming for this person today because they're like. You don't know the real hammer. Right, right. There's a story with um Red Man from Wu Tang Clan talking about being afraid for his life or somebody being afraid for their life because they mess with Hammer. <laughs> right. And so all of Black Twitter is just coming for this person Listen. who's also black. They're like, clearly you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly, because Hammer don't hurt him. Okay. I don't know if y'all remember that. Anywho, um, so listen, I I, I want to make sure that we 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 get to some of our stories. Yes, because um, um, I I could talk about Twitter all day now. <laughs> One thing I want to do really really quick because we have a fantastic listening base. One of our one of our biggest patrons uh, was so kind to actually drop a couple of questions, and um, I want to tackle those uh, right about now as we start to pivot towards some of the news and things that are coming in coming our way our listener uh it was monique wasn't it I yeah up. <laughs> but is that the same I'm as sorry, teacher mo? He... yes oh that's, that's what threw me off so and I... shout out to her she actually um she her she teaches adults i believe to prepare them for their for their ged exam what that's not high school equivalency exams and they're usually adults who are new to the country and and any number of things like that so she's out here doing the lord's work Come on, come on, come on, doing the Lord's work. So we 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 got this question, and number one, one of the questions, uh, and I really love this question, was um, how or, or uh, what do urban apologetics look like? And uh, she was like, "We pause." Can... Yep. What's apologetics? Okay. So apologetics is basically defending the faith, right? This is how okay. we this is how we talk about Christianity, or one would talk about their primary faith as it relates to another faith. So Christianity against uh, being a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness or you name it, right? Okay. Um, and and so when we she, say urban, like, what do we mean? <laughs> so <laughs> definitely urban in the sense she was, uh, I think, getting at the fact that how do how do we talk about Christianity in um, in in black circles? Uh, she she made this great point though. She said we can debate, you know, some of these other faiths, but how do you deal? 
I want to get this right. She says, how how do you deal with Raekwon down at the barbershop who says that Christianity is the white man's religion? I, I'm here for all that that question was giving. Uh, <laughs> because I feel like that's one of the things that I hear people say or like cousins and other people come up to me with that. And it's a, I could give you a really, really probably deeper answer, but one of the things to realize I would say, uh, Monique is try to help them to realize that number one, Christianity started, <laughs> number one, white people didn't exist when Christianity came about <laughs> that, that probably sounds weird to people again, because whiteness is really a construct, right? So you look at where the, the, the times, times of the Bible and where we came from, even from a scientific standpoint, the first people are believed to be in who? Black. So anywho, so that's that. That's always one for me to have that conversation with folks. Number two, uh, again, Chris, like I said, Christianity technically was a, was around well before slavery, especially when most people say that we're, we're getting the white man's religion. They're often talking about like around the 16th century or so when there was ideals of colonialism and slavery, chattel slavery that the Bible was used to justify, right? So again, you got to go before that. Christianity was already around. In Northern Africa, it was around. Uh, uh, in, in Nubian Kingdom, it was around then. Um, did it look how it looks today? No, but the way Christianity looks today is not the way that it started back in the first century. So, um, again, most of the ideas that we have of the church are westernized, uh, colonized, and quite frankly, abused and raped versions of Christianity that have been used to oppress people. That's not what we're a part of. So to Ray Kwan, I would simply help them to understand that, listen, Christianity actually started before the Western experience of Christianity that you have. And then that would be your starting point for understanding what are the tenets of that faith? And then what does that actually look like? And I think that when we look at Christ Jesus as the true model of what it means to be a Christian, we can therefore easily identify that acts, policies, and behaviors that are not speared or spurned or lived out via love are not in line with the person of Christ. And that crosses lines of gender, sexual orientation, race, and socioeconomic power that I don't think a lot of people are ready to have those conversations, especially not white people that have been in power. So that would be my, my response to that. Number two, she asked, uh, are, are mega churches biblical? Which... Here's the, I'll get again, short answers. Number one, well, what does it mean to be biblical? I, I think that that is problematic in it within itself. But biblical, does the Bible justify or allow or, or condone uh, mega churches? Well, um, <clears throat> I really don't have a yes or a no to tell you there because I think that our perception of church. My perspective is our perspective of church is not biblical. Church is not a building, right? Or, or this big institution. Church is a, is a body. It truly is a, is a body of people. And then you have to ask yourself the very thing that started this whole podcast, which is what is church? So depending on how one defines the term church, you would be able to find your legalism on whether or not you can have a mega church or not. Um, uh, so. Can a, can a mega church be biblical? I would assume so. Um, do I think it is the best way? I would argue that that it's not. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because church revolves around community 
and relationship, right? And at a certain point, no matter if you're part of you're part of a mega church, there's only so much of a community you're going to have within that. Um, so I think that it can be a little bit limiting, and I think that it can be taxing on pastors, and it creates a hierarchy of power that becomes uh, addictive. And I think that's when you start to see those uh, people start to abuse it. And we've done a whole we've talked about people all out this podcast where that abuse has become apparent because they become addicted to that power. So can you do a biblical church? Um, can you do a, a mega church? Sure. I think you can, but do I think it's the best? No, you can tap dance with, you know, electrical uh, wire in your pocket on a wet stage, but I don't think it's smart. So there you go. That's really country. You, you don't want to dance with electricity on water. You can do it, but you don't want to do it. Okay. She looks confused. Anywho, that's because she is. That's because, but she's black and she's wonderful. She's black. Eh, that's not why she's confused though. But um, <laughs> I think, I think that, um, and I mean, these questions were for you because you, you know, you are like, you know, saved and stuff, and um, you know, church stuff. I think that. It is challenging, I think, to, you know, to me, what are the tenets of Christianity, right? Like there's discipleship, there's community, um, there's evangelism, um, there's reaching out into the, the community outside of the body. And so I think that it does become challenging. Um, and I, I think if people ask themselves those questions as their churches grow, that it would lend itself to a little bit more intentionality around those things. Mm -hmm. um, because you find sometimes that as churches grow, that you lose that. Um, I certainly have been a part of different types of churches and, I'm, and I've been a part of a growing church. And mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say too much about that, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it just became, and I think in defense of churches that become mega churches, more people were coming and you needed to find somewhere to place them. Mm -hmm. And you needed to find more space. You, you want people to be comfortable and, and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I think as people try to do that, um, again, I think that intentionality, um, I don't know if we spoke about this, Maybe I was telling somebody else about this and this might be related to this or it might not. I was watching the church that I usually watch mm -hmm. um, <laughs> for my Sundays because I don't go to a building mm -hmm. anymore because no, nobody asked me why. Did you say why? No, you didn't, right? Okay. What? Did you say why? Not of my saying why, but I was just like, did you say why? <laughs> why? Because they don't really have um, what you call them. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't really have um, things in place around the virus, right? So, like, you're not required to wear a mask. They're not checking temperatures. They're not socially distancing. Of course not. They don't have precautions in place. Because um, I think, you know, all. if I really dug deep down inside, that might be an excuse for some other things as to why, uh -huh. but I'm not doing that today. Um, <laughs> I'm still doing it. Um, but 
you know, it was Black History Month, and for Black History Month, usually you just see some randomness happen at church. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed by what this church did. Yeah. Um, they had someone come up and talk about what Black History Month was, mm-hmm. and she was a Black woman that they had honored, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. And um, she was talking about a scholarship that they have in the name of a, a member who had passed, another Black woman, mm-hmm. um, who was in the medical community. and talking about how Black History Month is not just about remembering the past, but honoring the legacy and what's going on now and mm-hmm. ensuring that it goes forward and things like that. And so then mm-hmm. they they gave the scholarship to this young Black girl. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. It was the most, it, it sounds real basic as I'm uh-huh. describing it, but it was the most beautiful thing. And I was like, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it sounds like it was so intentional. Yes, that's the intentionality. And then they had the president from the United Negro College Fund come talk about it, mm-hmm. talk about what the fund is about. And he was, you know, he's actively raising money. He was working towards, but I was like, that is so smart. Like some mm-hmm. people might be put off by that, but I'm like, they're giving this platform to this man yep. because people trust this person. And again, it's 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 pushing Black history forward, it's pushing mm-hmm. Black folks forward. Um, you know, we mentioned American Airlines and the Kinsey cloth and all of that. It's like, that's what we're talking about when we don't want performative things. If you're honoring the legacy of Black people, like do things like this. And so I think intentionality is a big thing. Your church is going to stay biblical if you continue to intentionally um, lean towards what the tenets are of Christianity. But then again, I'm gonna say, <laughs> unpopular opinion. Do you really need to be doing things the way they did it in the Bible today? It's a good question. I don't know. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Uh, and that again, as as someone that's that I, I'll, I'll say this. I have, of course, you all know, I, I'm in seminary now, and I've been taking these classes and in a very healthy way. I have a I have a healthy uh, uh, critical criticality. No, that's not the word. I have a healthy critique of the Bible. There you go. Mm-hmm. Not that I know better, but in the sense of understanding how it, how it has come together and the history behind it would cause you, I think, to have a greater curiosity about the way we're doing things and why we're doing it. So yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Um, yeah. So, Teacher Mo, uh, please keep those questions coming. Uh, if you have a follow up to anything that I said there, just drop drop us another DM. I'll be glad to go into more detail. I just I I have I have a multitude of thoughts, but that's the most concise way I can put it together. Yeah, good job. Thank you, Dr. Keisha. Thank you, Dr. Keisha. Now, in talking about different things that are going on with the church and just the different world that we live in, somebody sent me an article because. Why in the world? Listen, I don't. My church, I grew up. They would get oil to anoint people. But what's this mess? What's with these essential oils, friend? What is going on? Okay, let me just say that this is my version of events. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I've noticed: a lot of trends, trendsetters in um, the Christian community. And I say the greater Christian community, not just the Black Christian community, but it does trickle down to the Black Christian community eventually, Mm -hmm. I believe, because just because of the way 
you know, American Christianity is structured and the who's who and who's connected to who and things like that. I think that's the way like trends do start. I think a lot of times in some of these um, white evangelical circles or churches, and then they sink or swim when they get to us. Um, and depending on how conservative or liberal our congregation is, then you see whether they, um, you know, they they gravitate towards that or not. I would say just like simply speaking, like um, even music. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I've always loved CCM. I've always been sort of like the outlier at the Black church. Uh-huh. Um, but now you see more CCM artists with large Black audiences. Um, hey, Fred. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, for those, uh, what is <laughs> It's Christian contemporary music. <laughs> I laugh because black people, we just know gospel typically. So it's like know. Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael W. Smith. Um, crickets. Huh? <laughs> for some of our people, I know like crickets. They're like, who? They're like, GP, are you with me? Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um there's this huh wait is martha martha munizzi is she ccm see the thing is martha munizzi could be ccm but she chooses to sing black gospel music (laughs) (laughs) you know who ccm folks love who who? cc wine is really cc wine is a ccm so there's like when you look at like the awards you have the stellar awards tend to be more like the black gospel categories but then you have like the dove awards okay okay which is that's just that oh that's so interesting i've not thought about this my brain's like but that's why i was i say cc winers is the greatest singer of all time come fight me okay um just just the way she sings is amazing she's just she does things vocally that's amazing but also she she is able to span those two um industries right ccm Mm -hmm. folks she's mostly like they'll play her on their radio stations (laughs) that's a whole other thing like they don't really play black people on these radio stations no like my brother, like I again, I love it. My brother always makes a joke and it's like it's the same man in the radio singing all the songs. Like they all sound the same. <laughs> they all have an acoustic guitar. <laughs> but Cece can also hold her own in the gospel. And I've been listening to her latest project and she takes it there because it's a live project. She takes it into the gospel room. Cause her mama, like that, her mama grew up singing with Whitney Houston with Whitney Houston's mom. Okay. So her and Whitney were like really close anyway, but (laughs) here I go again. Um, She, she takes, so she's able to do both of those things, but wait, why was I even telling you this story? I don't even know what's happening anymore. (laughs) Oh, the trends, the trends. But if you notice in a lot of black churches now, they are singing a lot of CCM music. So like, um, and 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 I love that you have this this guy Chandler Moore. Um, what what you call them? What you call that group? Which one? You talking? About, you talking about Maverick, Maverick City? Maverick City. Yeah, yeah. 
I love that you have that, you know, a lot of Black faces leading that movement mm. um, presently with that. But a lot of the songs that's coming out of like Stephen Furtick's church, like Elevation Worship, like everybody was singing the um, the Blessing song, mm. right? Oh, I think how the song go. Yeah, he's trying to get me to sing. I'm not doing it. Uh, take the bait. It's called The Blessing. The Lord okay. bless you and keep you. How's it go though? Make his face Just shine little... upon you and be gracious to you. Hey, shout out, boss. I let that anointing loose. Let it, ah, let it loose. Oh, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's, I was like singing it in my head. I'm like, I'm not singing it out loud. <laughs> oh, no. Y'all see how she doing it. She will not bless us. Ah, with I'm going to get Cara come up here and sing it for you. Oh, um, please. <laughs> um, and then a lot of people are singing like, um, what else are people singing at CCM? Oh gosh. Uh, well, these songs are old. That are What's that? But you know what they done took, and it was a whole controversy. And so there's an African artist named Sanash and they done, Michael W. Smith took that woman's song and sang it. It's, um, oh, what was the song? S-I-N-A-C-H-E is her, is her name. And everybody sings this song. Uh, it's not Waymaker. Yes, it's Waymaker. Is it... And so a lot of you've been singing the Michael W. Smith version, but it's this African woman song. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know. Excuse me. I did not know that. You didn't know that was her song? No, there, I, it was it, it was it was it was a, it was a white woman. I, I saw I, I saw singing it. I you got to hear her sing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I'm going to look her up. Yeah, so, and she has another song, I Know Who I Am. I think you would like it too. Um, but what I'm, my whole point is, now we talk about music and I'm just like so into <laughs> it. So essential oils, right? Y'all, I like to watch her eyes when she is like, oh, I'm going to get back to it. What was it? I know. And she waved it off and then she was like, essential oils. Like, yes. Essential oils. Um, so we got, we saw this article about how the, this, this group of Christian people, Christian influencers, maybe, I don't know, um, were a part of this essential oil business. And it's kind of like a multi-level marketing thing. Friend, hold on. It's not, like, it is not, it is. It, it, it just hey, is. I was trying to say that. I was trying not to say that it's a pyramid scheme. I was trying. <laughs> Is hey. Come on. Hi. And so, you know, like, so for instance, like, I would start selling. And then if I bring you in, then I get a portion out of what you sell. And but it's, it's always about bringing more folks in. And they really, you know, essential oils are good. Like everybody loves essential oils. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, a little peppermint, a little lavender. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You know, get a little but, spice, you know? No. No, frankincense and myrrh? No. Okay, you said old spice. I'm like, that's not essential. I know. Let's start one up. We're gonna start one up. We're gonna call it Alabaster Box. No? We use CC. CC got the okay. No, see, listen, y'all gotta go listen to her live version of Alabaster Box. If you if you enjoy singing and music, you'll really enjoy it. But anyway, um We got black and saved essential oils. Okay, keep going. <laughs> this man. So anyway. Um, 
they were really, <laughs> he just threw me off with this whole marketing scheme he just came <laughs> up with. So, so as with anything, I mean, I have my platform and most folks, my platform as Dr. Keisha isn't necessarily a quote unquote Christian platform, I think. But if you know me or if you've been to it, you know that you know, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Faith is at the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll occasionally put Bible verses out there um, to encourage the saints and the ain'ts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I think then when you have people that are Christian influences, everything is wrapped up in this is about Christ and this is about biblical principles. And so they were selling these essential oils kind of like with that kind of, um, ideology right no, that's the spot but on. then some went down that they didn't like so they left one essential oil company and went to another essential oil company and now they're saying that these people are satan worshipers <laughs> that just tickles me <laughs> because um somebody sent a book out about something about satan and the person who's in charge of the company wrote something in the book I don't know, but the thing is the woman that was, the person that was the head of the company, she's always been Mormon. And I don't know a whole lot about the Mormon faith, but I know that like, they don't be chilling over there with the Baptists or the Presbyterians. Like they just are an entity unto themselves. So when you linked your wagon onto her, you linked your wagon onto something that would have been a little bit different than what you're professing. Right. So now it can't be all of a sudden that she's a Satan worshiper. <laughs> and, and and my whole point in this is like, like I was talking about the music and I got really into it. And the thing about it is that like, y'all, I sing, I've sung for most of my life. I love music. I, I get shy about singing in public, which is why he's teasing me right now. Uh, but <laughs> my point is that a lot of times people are looking to the white evangelical church and these influences and these people as to how to live their lives and they are fickle they are not steadfast and immovable abounded in the word of the lord they're not mm. listen okay can we just go ahead and just say what it is stop running folks are running around here and they're using the name of god and or jesus as a dog as a doggone uh prosperity charm okay that's what it is i'm with you you knew where these people stood that started this business you knew it now you had opportunity to jump ship take your your supporters with you to another platform to make more money that's why these people are getting sued Okay, and then when you get caught up in your mess, you're doing the same thing everybody do when they get drunk and your face is on the toilet bowl. Now everybody want to call Jesus. Lord, if you save me one more time, all this kind of stuff. These people are coming out trying to call these folks satanic and cultish and there's a full of And I don't know, and we're not saying that they're not because we really don't know, but it's like you've been chilling with them this whole time. You've been a part, like, yo, you've you've been a part of it. You have been a part of it. And then here's the harder part. What are you finna go be a part of in the world that quote unquote ain't got some mess? Right. I don't, I but, just... but I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you get in, involved in things and you're like, okay, well, here's the line. <laughs> I'm not going to cross that line. But the thing that you're involved in is really close to that line. So it's only a matter of time before you find yourself over here. And once you find yourself over here, just 
you know, take ownership, take responsibility and be like, I did that. But don't say that this structure was this horrible thing because you were okay with it. Yes, that's a friend. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I got in over my head, got out of control. I had to get out. That was on me. Got to go. That's it. But so then, so here's the other thing that we were looking at and you thought it was the same person. So it was the person that was the fitness influencer, but now she's a Christian. Like, what is it? What? So (laughs) she was a fitness influencer. She was out here. Y'all, she sold people. She sold them, quote unquote, like these fitness memberships that were supposed to include workout plans and meal plans and all this kind of stuff. If Facebook groups, well, the people got to talking. If, if, number one, if the woman sent them something, she sent them all the same thing. It was not a customized plan for your body, for your lifestyle, for your anything. She was out here, she was out here selling wolf tickets. She was out here, Judas Iscariot around and got caught up, got caught up, raptured up in her own lies. And now she pivots and now she, she now she's supposed to be super saved and she wants to start dabbling over and influencing the Christian world. Huh? We're so gullible. We are so gullible. We are. Somebody come on and just start quoting a few, a few, not even, I'm going to say like a few, a few scriptures at y'all. And then all of a sudden, like, we're just, we're, because somebody you, can speak unpopular well. Unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion. Kirk Franklin put R. Kelly on that song and everybody was like, he want to do better. <laughs> Go away, Dr. <laughs> I got another one for you. You Back know who I refuse to. You know who I refuse to buy music from? Who? Michelle Williams. <laughs> Why? Why you do because Michelle? she be bootylicious? It's okay. It's okay. But you know that as a solo artist, you're not gonna sell. Oh. <laughs> you know. You know the folks out there ain't buying your music because you know, of, I mean, they bought a little bit of Kelly's music, but they're not going to buy your music. But no. if you're like, I always wanted to sing for Jesus and the saints are like, yes, baby, give it to him. Yes. <laughs> we going to go out there and buy. For the longest while, I refused to sing if Jesus say yes. But then I was like, it's a nice song. No, see Beyonce's that. Beyonce's on no. it. I'll sing I'm, it. Listen, I'm not. I, I'll I'm, sing I'm, it because Beyonce's on it. I ain't, I'm right. not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you do Michelle. Michelle's wonderful. Okay, Go, is Michelle, she? Is she? You see, I'm gonna try. You know what's another black woman? I'm not gonna talk about her like this in the public, but I'm just saying, from a, in terms of people who actually buy music, I think there's been conversations about this that you know, Snoop had a Chris a Christmas album. Who did Snoop? Snoop, a Christmas Christian. Listen, there's so much stuff going on in the world. People are so hype about Kanye and his little choir singing in the desert. I still know people who are excited about that. I listen. I don't know if 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 a song if a song's good, I'll I don't care who did it. I'll enjoy it for that. But I'm with you. But my point is, we are so gullible. I'm with you. And and we need to use a little bit more discernment in terms of who we let into our psyche into our practice into our soul you know like i think we i I think we need to a lot of times we're telling people to you know safeguard against the enemy and um 
you know, don't listen to that music and don't do this and don't do that. But you're assuming a level of purity and authenticity when people proclaim Christ that sometimes just isn't there. It, it, friend, um, I, really, I feel like the doors of the church need to be open to all what you just said because that is that is it. You know, the Christian moniker, right? And quoting scriptures and or claiming to know God, Jesus, and or the Holy Spirit does not make one perfect. But here's the question that somebody asked last year. Uh-huh. Does Jesus know you? Does <laughs> depart from me, for I know you not. That's in that that is in the Bible. Does Jesus know you? These people that are like, you know, does Jesus know them? I mean, he's supposed to know everybody and all the things about us and before we were formed in our mother's womb. Um, but does he know us based on our personal interactions with him and with his word? That's all I'm, that's the question that I'm asking when I ask, does Jesus know you? Should we do a shirt that says, does Jesus want to know you? Like, you just, be having a lot of shirt ideas and I never see them. So I know, I'm lazy. Idea. I'm lazy. But I guess that's it, y'all. We're going to open the doors of the church or we have another time? Yeah, the doors of the church are open. We're going to open the doors of the church. Out with us. Oh. Can you we ask have so much to talk about. What? Can I, I mean, ask you? No, I just want you to reiterate now. Because you know the doors are open, the music's playing. Listen, does Jesus know you? Just, just say it one more time. Does Jesus, Does know, Jesus you? know you? Absolutely. He knows me. He knows my name. He knows my name. Come on, yeah. Hey. No, okay. That is a win. That is a black and saved first. I'm counting that one. So on that <laughs> note, everybody, thank you for listening to the Black and Save Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kai Green. You can catch me on Instagram at Kai Green Speaks and... You can catch me at Dr. Keisha, that's VR underscore K-E-I-S-H-A, and follow our page at black.save. Absolutely. Go get on it, people. Love y'all. We'll catch you next time. Bye.